Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Give me the hot sauce. Welcome into episode 41 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. It is the uh, Dirk Nowitzki episode, among other great 41s in the world of sports. We've got Tom Terrific, Tom Stever, who pitched for the White Sox late in his career, a 300-game winner. Wes Unsell, of course, the only player to be most valuable player and rookie of the year. And an old-timer, a former Milwaukee Brave great, Eddie Matthews. We're doing the show a little bit differently today. We are not coming at you from the Hustle and Flow studios. We've got no Sriracha green room. But we do have Beauty of California, Hermosa Beach, Stinger, Southside Susie. Tell us about what you're doing this week. Well, we're out here. um, We're doing some uh, softball like we talked about. Uh, PGF, we had week one last week. Big week, five I can't remember how many games. Six games last week. Uh, national championships were decided, 18U, 16U. <laughs> the Oklahoma coach was there, uh, Stacy, and she was loving this girl that was pitching for Nebraska Gold, who had 20 strikeouts, and she's going to OU. And the, and the coach was all smiles, and I took a couple shots of her. And so now we decided that we, we're back in Hermosa, a, a little reprieve in between the, the, the grind of the softball or at a friend's house down steps from the beach in the nearest bar, um, which we'll be taking in a little bit later. We're going to go see our boy <laughs> Troll. We're going to get Troll set up on some podcasting and some <laughs> lifting, but uh, it's been all good. Thank you for, uh, you know, making this happen this week because it's a big week for Stacey King and the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, originally we were thinking about taking the week off, but there's just too much going on. And so many of our followers on social media are asking Stacy and me, hey, when's the podcast coming yeah. on? Stacy, this could be the week that everything changes for the Chicago Bulls. Hey, I'm going to tell you what, man. They were, they've been active in the free agent market, and, um, you know, they got the guys that they wanted. They addressed the point guard issue with Lonzo Ball. That was something they've been trying to do since the trade deadline uh, last season. Uh, wasn't able to do it, but give AK and Mark uh, credit. They, they stayed with it, um, was able to uh, pull that off, and um, – able to get uh, DeMar DeRozan, a former All-Star from Toronto, who averaged 20 points a game last year in San Antonio, addresses another issue, wing issue. Um, you know, I mean, the moves that they make, I mean, they go from a team last year's roster, uh, eight seed, scratching at the eight seed, to now they're in the middle of the pack. They could be anywhere from four to, to five to six. A much better position, Mark, uh, going into this season than they were last season. You know, it's been amazing, and I know Bulls fans have been reacting to this. It's almost like we've been used to seeing our front office playing checkers, and AK and Mark Eversley are playing high-level, advanced chess, grandmaster style. I mean, I also want to give credit to J.J. Polk, their capologist guy. I mean, they're working trades, signing trades, taking advantage of exceptions, and, and they're going nuts, and they still may have one or two moves before they're done. But talk about, Stacy, the fact that, you know, it used to be that the Bulls were trying to create cap space and make their draft picks and hoping for good luck. Hey, now they're not waiting around anymore. They're trying to make things happen. And bringing in DeRozan, bringing in Alex Caruso to play some defense and still having some exceptions left, they're going to have a really nice squad on the court next year. Well, and think about this too, Mark. They made all these moves and didn't have to give up Patrick Williams, Kobe White, or Lowry Markin yet. Okay, so... Uh, that's that's pretty strong right there, being able to to make those moves and to be able to keep your assets of your younger players. And, um, 
you know, does it change the dynamic of those guys who might have been starters last year? Now they may be coming off the bench. Yeah, it does. Um, right now, you put the Bulls starting five. If you if they ran out here tonight, you know, Lonzo at the point, Zach at the two, uh, DeRozan as the small forward, Pete Williams at the four, and Booch at the five, there's not too many teams in the Eastern Conference better than those starting five. Yeah, I think it's really impressive what they're putting together, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, you know, the casual fan might think, well, yeah, he was good in Toronto and he's getting older. Well, he's going to turn 32, I believe, in a couple of days. Uh, he still is an elite player. He averaged 21 points a game, a career-high 6.9 assists. Popovich used him last year as a facilitator from that three spot. Stacey, they even used him at times at power forward. So he's going to give Billy Donovan a lot of versatility in how he construct lineups. Well, I mean, they're going to be a, they're going to be able to attack you from every angle on the floor, uh, every position. You're going to have a guy that can put the ball on the floor, drive, kick, create, or get to the basket. The one thing about DeRozan, now he's not a three point shooter. Okay, we all know that, but he is one of the, the best mid range games in the NBA. Kind of similar to Kawhi Leonard, he gets to the free throw line a lot. And what I saw in San Antonio with the way Pop used him was very similar to how Billy used Zach, you know, putting him in the pick and roll, putting him in situations where he's coming off the screen, looking to turn the corner, attack or facilitate. Um, so now you throw him on one side, Zach on the other. I mean, you can, you can run pick and rolls all day. And the, and the guys who will be happy about that would be Patrick Williams and Booch because they will have now two guys that you're going to have to account for offensively. You're not just going to be able to say, well, let's just drop off and, and make DeRozan shoot, or let's drop off and let Zach shoot. You're going to constantly have to play honest basketball. And if you switch on either one of those guys, the ability to get to the basket and break you down off the bounce is there. I mean, these are two all-star wings that the Bulls have. And then you throw in a, a point guard first, pass first, pass second type of point guard that knows how to play and fit into the flow of what the team is doing in, in Lonzo Ball. I mean, this is a kid who, if anything, their transition game is going to be probably the best we've seen since, you know, Derrick Rose was here because they've got the players now that can get out and fill wings. DeRozan will fill a wing. I mean, there should be Lob City all over the place. I mean, you know, with the way uh, Ball handles the ball in transition, he wants to play fast. He wants to get in transition and make the, the highlight passes. And, and what better way to make those highlight passes to two highlighted players? One of the areas that AK wanted to improve was free throw attempts per game. They ranked near the bottom of the league in getting to the free throw line. And DeRozan was top 10 in that category. I think he had averaged something like seven and a half free throws per game. Kind of, I don't say he's the same kind of player as Jimmy Butler, but he's got that mid-range game. He gets to the free throw line. He's going to do some of the things that JB did when he was here. He's not the same defender, obviously, that Butler was. But I think that fans who haven't seen a lot of DeRozan since he played in the Western Conference the last few years, He's going to remind a lot of people of Jimmy with that mid-range game and his ability to get to the free throw line. Well, I mean, I mean, his his mid-range game is is arguably one of the best in in the NBA. I mean, uh, he can he can score, he can post up, and I think a lot of people don't understand. He not only does he have a mid-range game, he can go inside into the post and post you up and score and and score efficiently in the post. So he's bringing a lot to the table that I think you know Bulls fans might have forgotten because he's in the Western Conference now. But then when he was in Toronto, I mean, I mean, he gave us matchup nightmares every time we played Toronto and his ability to not only, you know, make the mid-range shot, Mark, but to get to the foul line. If you get to the foul line seven times a game, uh, those are late-game situations where the Bulls struggled at last year. You know, when the game was, you know, a three- to five-point game and, you know, the Bulls might have relied more on three-point shooting instead of getting the ball to the basket and getting to the foul line late-game situation. Now you've got a guy like DeRozan, uh, like Lonzo Ball, that can go inside and use their size. you got to remember, Lonzo's six foot six. He's not a small point guard. So he's going to help you in the area of rebounding, uh, facilitating, and then being able to run him into the post and, and basically go right inside and score along with DeRozan. You know, you mentioned uh, to the point about uh, DeRozan since the 18-19 season, he ranks third in isolating, isolation scoring efficiency. Only Steph Curry and James Harden rank ahead of him, Durant and Zion behind him. So it could be a perfect fit. But I just want to ask Stacy real quick, is there going to be a concern about getting some stops here? 
Um, you know what? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, people are looking at this team and going, "Wow, they're going to outscore a lot of people." There has to be some concerns defensively, but again, you know, how many teams actually are defensive stoppers? You know, I've said this, and I've had this conversation on Twitter. It's like the great teams in this league consistently play defense on a nightly basis, and it shows when they're in the playoffs. When you get to that that elite six to eight teams, those are normally your best defensive teams in the league. Now, scoring is another thing. You know, like, you know, Miami's a great defensive team, but sometimes they have a hard time scoring. The Bulls are going to have to be better team defensively because you already got – if you start that starting five I named out with Lonzo, uh, Zach, uh, DeRozan, and Patrick Williams, and Vooch, of those five guys, we know two of them are very good defensive players. That's Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the top of the circle with your point guard is good – and your power forward in Patrick Williams who can guard pretty much anybody on the floor and switches or anything like that. Now, what we've seen out of Zach in the Olympics, which I am so glad to see, Zach is forced, if he wants to be on the floor, because they already know he can score. If Zach wants to get playing time and get meaningful minutes going into these Olympic games, he was going to have to show other things than, than scoring. He was going to have to get out there and play defense, pick up full court, use his athleticism, which he has done. So if you're Billy Donovan, You've got to be encouraged what you've seen out of Zach Levine as far as how he's fit into Team USA, how he's come out and really bought in defensively uh, to try to get stops, picking up full court, turning guys, getting steals in the passing lane. Because, Mark, if if Booch and, and Zach Levine up their game defensively, the Bulls are no telling how far they can go. I mean, really, because Booch is not a bad defensive player. I think – with, with Vooch is, is that he's always, since he went to Orlando, um, you know, it's always been he had to score for them to win. I think he can play defense. I think he can block shots. I know he's a great rebounder. Rebound is another phase of defense. So he does that very well. So I think he, he's going to have to work on his position defense. Um, they're going to try to, they're going to have to get away from the switching with him when it comes to him having to guard smaller guys. Because you've got four guys out on the floor that you can switch anybody with. He's the one guy, like we talked about, Brooke Lopez in the uh, Milwaukee series. He's the one guy you can't switch on anybody. He's got to play straight up. i tell you what, though, going back to the whole maneuvering by AK in the front office. Bulls have come a long way since the days in 2010 when they sent uh, Chuck Swirsky to Chris Bosh to try to recruit them. Because oh, of the come Bulls. On, I mean, man, it's go. been pretty amazing seeing go. some of the things they've done. Did you guys, did you guys catch? No, no. But did you catch that story about how the L.A. Clippers they they put their uh, front office in a, in a luxury automobile and they were driving to DeMar DeRozan's house and DeRozan's agent calls him up and said, "You know what? Forget about it. I'm going to do you a favor. He's going to the Bulls, so you you can cancel that meeting." It's nice to see the shoe on somebody else's foot for a change. Wow, wow, wow. Well, because, I mean, word was he wanted to play in L.A. And um, yeah. whether, whether it would be the Lakers or the Clippers, uh, that was his preferred destination. And uh, But that just goes to show you persistence. And, you know, the Bulls are doing something that players are taking notice now. You know, they looked at that trade with Vucevic. Everybody likes Zach. All the players in the league love Zach. So they're looking at what the what AK and Mark did last year with Boots and trying to bring in Daniel Tice and trying to, you know, Troy Brown Jr. and uh, Devontae Green. They shook it up, you know, in midseason. And I think players now are saying, hey, man, this is a whole new front office. This is a whole different Bulls team. And now seeing what they have now, the rosters that they have, how many times have you heard, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Durant speaks so highly of Zach Levine in this Olympics. I mean, yeah, uh, Damon Lillard, all these guys. This is these are recruiting ploys, man. These are you know, if if a guy like Kevin Durant is shouting you out, and you're a superstar player on another team, and he's saying, "Hey, really nice, glowing things about you," that means somewhere down the line, at some point, maybe he says, "Hey, I could play with this guy. I might want to play with this guy one time." Because how do you think he got to Brooklyn? He saw how Brooklyn played. They played team basketball. They didn't have any superstars. They played hard every night, and he was won over by that compared to going to the New York Knicks, playing in a situation where they didn't play as hard as Brooklyn did, and uh, both him and, and Kyrie decided to go to Brooklyn, you know, because it sold the program. We are recording this episode late Thursday afternoon, and one story that just come across is that 
the Charlotte Hornets may make a strong play for Lowry Markkinen with a restricted free agent offer sheet. They've got somewhere between 13 and $20 million in cap space, Stacy, and they may try to make a run at Lowry and, and try to sign him outright. I know that you've been advocating on social media the Bulls should try to find a way to keep him, but I think after he got benched last year, you know, taken out of the starting lineup, I think Lowry's looking for a fresh start somewhere else. Do you think that can be repaired, or is he better off going to another team? Well, I mean, you know, I look at Lowry as being, you know, uh, you know, he's a guy that is highly skilled, okay? Um, he can't stay healthy. That's been an issue since he's been in the league. And I think that's what scared a lot of teams off because there's no way in the world a kid that talented and that size and with the league that is really um, is about shooting that he doesn't get a big offer. But I think him being injured and then him probably wanting more money than what teams are willing to pay, um, I think he kind of priced himself out, you know. So um, I would love to see him stay here because, as you know, Mark, the more talent you have, the better chance you have to win. Um, and if he was coming off the bench in a Tony Kukoc role as a six-man playing starters minutes, um, that would be awesome for the Bulls because, I mean, you're bringing – you, you would be possibly bringing two or three starters off your bench playing against the other team's second unit. I mean, picture that for a second. You know, if Kobe White comes off the bench, he was a starter. He's going to be playing against second-team guys. Lauer would be playing against second-team guys. You know, uh, so having those guys in that role um, and just watching what Milwaukee and Phoenix was able to do, the more, the more talent you have on your team, the better chance you have to win a championship if you can afford them. And AK also addressed the defensive issues with some of the guys he brought in off the bench, as you mentioned. Alex Caruso, who ranks in some of the defensive metrics, is one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. And, and LeBron loved Alex Caruso. I mean, he, he was really sad to see him go. He is going to be a defensive pest. He's going to pe pressure the ball 94 feet. And another underrated signing, they bring in 6'10", Tony Bradley as a free agent at the minimum salary. This is a kid... He's athletic, he can block shots, and he can really solidify that second-team defensive unit. Well, I, I mean, let's, let's just be honest. I mean, you know, A.K. and Mark did their homework. You know, they were able to get the guys that they felt uh, they needed. Um, they, they, they addressed issues. I mean, look at the draft. I mean, you know, you, you don't have a number one pick. Everybody was complaining about, oh, we gave him a number one pick for uh, Vucevic. Okay, re realistically – a bird in the hand beats two in the bush, as my mom would always tell me. If I got, if I know I got an all-star right now in Vooch, and I don't know what I'm going to have in a draft pick that happened to be eight, I think I'm going to take Vooch every single time because I do know what he brings to the table and what he's capable of. Um, he's a proven player in this league. So that was a great move, I, I felt, by AK last year to set it up for this year's move. Then you go on the draft, and you get I.O. Um, right. You know, he was a first-round talent. This is a yeah. kid that was, you know, supposed to go anywhere between 15 and the end of the draft in the first round. And then for whatever reason, he slipped out, which surprises me because I, I'm one of these people, I think the longer kid stays in school, they, it, it's, it's unfair. They get penalized, you know. And, and this kid, you know, is a, is a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal college player. He's a, a winner everywhere he's gone. He won at Morgan Park, won state titles, went to Illinois, they won. Um, you know, he's a big reason why that program turned around. And here he is, slips to the second round with 38, you know, and there's going to be a lot right. of people, a lot of people regretting that, you know, and he's from Chicago, which you already know he's going to have a chip on his shoulder uh, to come in here and play because he's got, he's got the, the weight of the city on his back because he's a city kid. And so he's going to come in and he's got something to prove. And, um, you know, you, you, get a, you got a big guard who can play either position. He can play point. He can play the two. He can defend anybody on the floor. Uh, so that was another great pickup. So all the moves that, that AK and Mark have made going back to last year with the hiring of Billy Donovan, and then you just keep going after that, um, you know, they, they were stuck with the roster that, you know, uh, guard packs had. They didn't have a lot. They didn't have a training camp, basically. They didn't have the summer league to evaluate their, their young players. Um, they were kind of put under the gun to get the season started in a hurry. And then COVID happened. So it's like they didn't really get to make all the moves they wanted, but they made the moves to, to set up the moves for this, this summer. And man, if you're a Bulls fan, you gotta be, you gotta be extremely happy. Yeah. I was just going to say, I covered all you at the university, you know, big 10 network did a bunch of games 
and he built his frame up too a little bit over the years. And you mentioned transition; he'll fit right in with the, with that team, right? Transitioning, because I think he was way up in the ed in, in in NCAA in transition baskets. He's going to be playing a lot in the G League. I'll be seeing a lot of him uh, at the Now Arena this year. Him and Marco Simonovic. They're going to be doing a lot of G League. I, I don't, you know what, Mark? I would not be surprised. I, I would not be surprised if they don't figure into the rotation. I, I just, I, I think, I think they're going to get a good look at him this summer in the summer league, and they're going to see right. him in training camp and in preseason. I, I would not be surprised if both those kids, uh, at some point, figure into the rotation. At some point, I mean. Uh, so Monovich has is, is got a lot of talent. I mean, he can pretty much do what Lowry is doing uh, the last few years. So uh, he can shoot the ball. He's a tough kid. He wanted to be here. You know, he was probably supposed to stay over there another year or so, uh, but he wanted to be in the NBA. You can just tell he's, he's working out now. Um, and uh, I, I, I just, I'm a big fan of that kid. I, I just think that, you know, he's going to figure out ways to get up. Because you got to remember, Mark, we just talked about it. Who's going to play defense? Remember, you just we said that earlier. Yeah. You know, who's going to be playing defense? So the more people you have on your roster that play those 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 killer positions, that can come out there and play defense. Caruso, Io, those guys can get out there and guard. You know the Damon Lillards of the world. You know they're going to find a place for that kid to play. I mean, they're, he's going to he's going to get minutes. Hey Stinger, did you hear when uh, Stacy was talking about Io? He goes, "The kid's from Chicago." I think I've heard that phrase before. Oh, yeah. And yeah. one of the things that happened during free agency, everything happened so quickly. Yeah. Our guest last week on Give Me the Hot Sauce, Casey Johnson, reported that according to his sources, the Bulls made a strong pitch to try to bring Derek back. But New York had a little bit more money, Stacy, and they were able to, st- to keep him. Well, Tibbs wasn't going to let Derek go. You know, they, they, they went after, they got Fournier in the free agent market. They were kind of quiet the first couple of days. And, uh, you know, I think their main objective was to take care of their own players first. You know, Julius Randle just signed uh, today, I think, or last night. Uh, they brought Derek back. Um, you know, they, they I think they lost uh, Bullock. Uh, Bullock lost lost him in free agency, so they right. had to address that. But they feel like they got Fournier now, so Fournier kind of takes that role. Uh, Fournier, Fournier in Orlando was a very good three-point shooter, very good two, you know, two-way player per se. Struggled in the trade to Boston. I thought he lacked confidence last year playing in Boston. Uh, didn't look like the same guy in Orlando. And my question to, you know, to to just by watching him and the pressures that he faced in Boston, boy, he's, he's going to be facing a thousand times more pressure in New York City, especially after signing that big contract. And you know how you, you know, Mark, you know, New York City fans are brutal when you don't you don't meet up the expectations. You know, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays in a big city. Hey, Mark, you I know. wonder what Derek Derek thinks now though, because they made a move to bring Kemba Walker in. Remember Kemba Walker playing those Big East tournaments at Madison Square Garden, hit some game winning shots, some tournament winning shots. Kemba's going to be the starter, and I guess D Rose is kind of accepting the fact that he's going to be coming off the bench at this point in his career. But you know. I don't know if they uh, they shot him straight on that one because if, if Derek knew Kemba was coming in, you think he would have been that excited about staying in New York? Well, I mean, you know, I look at it like, look, you know, his role is probably going to be the same, you know, and he was he was one of the reasons why they made the playoffs last year, you know. So, uh, and he got forty three million. So, I mean, he's going to be he's going to be comfortable no matter no matter what yeah, he's going to be. In. So, um, I, I know I know personally through people in the inner circle. I know he wanted to come back here. I know he wants to finish his career here at some point. Um, and so, but at the same time, you know, you got to do what's best for you. I mean, the kid averaged, you know, 17, 18 points off the bench last year. Could have been six man of the year. Uh, I still believe on certain teams, on certain nights, he's a starter in this league. I mean, there's, you can't tell me that there are, you know, the upper echelon guards take those guys away you can't tell me that there are any guards like a, a guy like Schroeder who starts for LA who priced himself out, you know, who turned down $84 million. And now he's sitting at home wondering, you know, how is he going to recruit that? You know, he's going to probably have to sign to a mid-level extension uh, after turning down 84 million for like, I think three or four years. Um, and now he's, you know, now he's priced himself out, but you know, a guy like that who starts, to, I, I feel Derek Rose is a better player than him. And, you know, uh, I think New York values Derek. I think that's the reason why they brought him back. I think Tibbs values what Derek does. If you notice, Tibbs is very loyal to his guys. So as long as Tibbs had Tibbs could be coaching, 
when he's 90 years old. And if, if Joe King Taj. can play, Derek can still play. Taj. Um, you know, Taj can still play. He's bringing them out. Come on out here. I don't care. I don't care if you can only play 10 minutes. Just come on. You're my guys. Hey, I was telling you, Mark, you know, you don't think the King is excited. The Instagram post. And before we hey, listen, tape, buddy. taping our show, Adam and me, me his partner for NBC Sports Chicago, were talking. So I'm sure Bulls fans... They're, you know, as excited as they are, I think these two, Stacy and Adam, are just ready to roll. Listen, let me just say this, you know, we've seen the good and we've seen the bad. Okay, we've been, you know, you, you know, we've watched, we've watched great teams come through here and we've seen teams that struggle. And so anytime you get a team that is going to be exciting to watch, like this is going to be exciting to watch. I, I haven't been this excited since we drafted Derrick Rose, to be honest with you. And to see that we got an opportunity every single night to be an exciting team. Think about how many national national games you're going to get next year just because of all the guys that we have on our team now. You know, before the Bulls were afterthought. You know, you couldn't get the Bulls on any national games unless someone just, you know, unless they got someone canceled or something or they had COVID. They said, all right, let's put the Bulls on there, you know. But they didn't they didn't get any national games. They weren't they weren't even in consideration. People weren't talking about the Bulls. You know, they were looking at the Bulls as a laughing stock. And now that's not gonna happen anymore. You know, we you know, the Bulls have always been, you know, the last few years, you know, we've been waiting for our invitation to come in the mail to get to come to the party. We never was invited. But see now, now, forget the invitation. We're All walking right. into the party. Let's we're put, kicking the door down. Let's put you Surprise, on the, we're here. Let's party put you flashers. on the spark then. <laughs> Put you on the spot because I know you mentioned it prior to us taping. Where do they finish in the East? I, I honestly think they're in the top five with a chance to, with the chance to be higher. I do, I do because we don't listen. The one thing that's undetermined is we don't know how COVID is going to affect this season. We saw how it affected last season. Okay, and you better have quality depth. The Bulls didn't have quality depth last year when it when they got hit with the COVID. This year they got quality depth. So if you miss a Zach Levine like we did last year for you know the extended period of time, you still got DeRozan there, you got Ball there, you got Patrick Williams there. You know you've got other guys to be able to pick up the slack. But last year, if if Vooch set out or Zach set out, the Bulls were in trouble. I hope we're not talking hey. about COVID. <laughs> no, I hope you're right. Yeah. Hope, hey, before I we just, move, I hope we can get through it. Yeah. Hey, before I move on to some of the other teams in free agency, if you're watching the show on YouTube, and you really should because it's a lot of fun just to watch all of us messing around, and our guy Timmy Whispers says he's stuck in traffic driving back from Nashville, so he's a no-show <laughs> for this, and he'll be fine for that. We'll take care of him later. But if you're watching the screen, look at the dutiful wife, Southside Susie, sitting on, on John's left, and she's thinking, I'm in There's California. Left. What the hell's going on over there? Left on his left. Oh, I thought you said. And, and she said, "She's saying to herself, I'm in California and I'm stuck listening to these guys talk about basketball <laughs> when I should be out on the beach. How, how are you enjoying California, Susie? Oh, I'm having a great time. I'm headed out on a Strand Cruiser as soon as we finish this and uh, headed up headed up north on the Strand. So. Strand cl- Cruiser and a claw. Yeah, and a white claw, so I'll be fine. Don't Yeah, don't it's, a, it's a booze cruise is what you're saying, right? <laughs> my own. Yeah, my own booze cruise. Don't feel sorry for me. Hey, I'm did, okay. Did you happen to see that photo I sent you guys last weekend? Did you see what was behind me on the beach? Oh, that's right. Did you get that picture, yeah. Tracy? Stacy, yeah. we were talking about volleyball players. And the uniforms, John and I were waiting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was just for you. <laughs> yeah, Stacy's there. Yeah. <laughs> you should come to Hermosa Beach if you uh, like volleyball uniforms. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm going to be a referee uh, next summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I can get close. I can just start giving out fouls and, um, and, and giving people red, red cards. I'm doing it all just to stop a place I can look. Well, come on out. You're always invited. Thank you. Can I stay in that multi-million dollar home right there I, you guys are staying in? I bet, yeah. I bet we could arrange it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you guys yeah. live the life over there. Although the guy that owns it's from Cleveland, so I don't know. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Oh, no. I, I doubt that happens. <laughs> Look, yeah, it looks should, great. It looks like you got plenty of space there. We, we, we should spot. actually we should thank Tony and, for and, letting, and, letting us. And Mark there. Mark looks like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like he's getting ready to open up that bookcase <laughs> and slide down a bat pole. That's right. And get in the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred's waiting. Yeah, no question about it. <laughs> That's Timmy coming from Nashville. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Summer. Oh my hey, god. Look, 
Obviously, the, the Bulls are one of the big winners, Stacey. Who else do you like? I think Miami did a nice job bringing in Kyle Lowry. They kept Victor Oladipo. They added some bench depth. You know, I think Miami is going to be in that group, that top five group you talked about. And, and the Lakers did a lot of weird things. You know, they're going to be the oldest team in the history of the league. But I like some of the, you know, they brought in Malik Monk. Yeah. And they brought in uh, Nunn on minimum deals. I mean, that's going to help because, like, they were they were building this sl- old, slow roster. But then at the end, they, they got Nunn, they got Monk, and they kept uh, Taylor Norton Tucker. Yeah, um, <laughs> they got a lot of experience on their team. <laughs> a lot of experience. Um, I think when it comes down to it, as we saw with them last year, if, you know, because LeBron is um, – what is this, year 20? What year is this for LeBron? I think this is 19 for him. 19. Yeah. Just like last year, Mark, if, the, if that team, if they're healthy, they're the team to beat. If they if they go through an injury, play season like they did last year, LeBron missing games, and they just, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, there was no way in the world that team was going to be able to go deep in the playoffs with not being 100%. It's not, but they addressed some issues. They, you know, they brought Dwight Howard back, who was a big reason why they won the first time. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. You know, it took it's probably two or three years too late. You know, they should have got him when he was like absolutely free agent when he was sitting at home. Um, but he addresses uh, uh, some issues for them as well because now you get, you know, if he can accept his role coming off the bench like a Bob McAdoo type of player, where he comes into the game and he's got, you know, he gets you 18, 20 points off the bench. That's a great, great pickup. I don't think he's going to start. Uh, then you got, you know, Russell Westbrook, who you know what he's going to bring to the table, you know. But my thing with Russell is, is like, how is he going to feel playing, you know, off the ball? Because LeBron is your point guard, basically. And they're going to be fighting for rebounds. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be interesting to see how many triple doubles he's able to get next year because he's playing on a team now where guys are not just going to move out the way and let him go get boards. They're all trying to get rebounds because you know rebounds. You, you know rebounds get you paid too. So you know they're not just gonna let him go up there and just say, "Oh, go get it, little fella, get you a triple double." There's gonna be a lot of guys. Anthony Davis, he's gonna want to rebound. LeBron's gonna want to rebound. I mean, they're all gonna want to rebound. So it'll be interesting to see that whole dynamics of a of a roster on paper. You know they they you know they look old, but they they have a lot of experience. But I, I think honestly, um, you know Brooklyn. You know, is the team, I think, the team to beat even over Milwaukee. Um, because if Milwaukee, if Bro- Brooklyn doesn't lose one or two of those guys, Harden and, and uh, Kyle, I mean, uh, Kyrie Irving, that's a different series. It's a different series. I mean, they were beat when Kyrie was playing, they were crushing Milwaukee. Yeah, 2 0. Crushing. Beat them by 50. And yes, it, crushed them. And, and then it, in game six, game six on the road, they blew them out. Yeah. And that's, you know, if Harden now you you got to figure Harden is going to come back in the best shape of his career this next season because if he doesn't then that's telling Kevin Durant like you're not interested in winning championships and you might see Kevin Durant like you know pull that little like I'm going somewhere else and then look right down the road and see Chicago building something special there maybe one player away from getting to the title and then jump in there and come to Chicago baby Hey, just like yeah, I make predictions, Mark, I'm just going to tell you the Lakers thing. That's not going to end well, as far as I'm concerned. I I'm, I agree with Stacy that how, what role does Russell Westbrook have when you have, like you said, LeBron's a pass-first guy, and they're going to want. I don't see how that's going to mesh. That's not going to end well in LA. No, I, I don't. I mean, on paper, just off the names and forget the ages. Like ten years ago, you're like, oh my god, this is a dynasty. <laughs> you know, but now, now it's 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 you know it's more of a an aging team that's going to have to battle through injuries, going to have to battle minutes and restrictions, and trying to keep everybody healthy. LeBron's not going to be able to put, do the Iron Man like he normally does. I mean, you know, LeBron LeBron's injury was a fluke injury. You know, that ankle sprain guy dove into his leg. I think Solomon Hill dove into his leg. That was a freak injury. Uh, he had he not gotten that injury, he probably would have finished out strong, and they probably have been a number one or two seed. But the Western Conference next year, you're going to get Jamal Murray back for Denver. That was a huge blow for them last year, losing him. Uh, Utah was able to get Mike Conley Jr. back. I, I think the biggest loss for them, though, is they lost, you know, Derek Favors. 
I, I, you know, losing Derek Favors as a guy coming off the bench, who basically is a starter coming off the bench, rebounds, scores in the paint, gives you toughness. That that hurts. Um, um, so they're they're going they've lost some, you know, some some steam too. But Phoenix being able to get, um, you know, Chris Paul to come back, I think that helps them. I think you know uh, Booker in year year two with Chris Paul is going to take another huge step. And I, I think they're going to be right there. And the Clippers get Kawhi back, hopefully, because he hasn't signed his deal yet. But we know he's going back there. So, um, but until then, you know, if he doesn't come back, then the Clippers are they're not as good. But if he does come back, they got a chance to to be good too in the West. Yeah, and some of the top contenders made some smaller moves that I think are really going to help them when they get to the playoffs next year. You mentioned Phoenix, of course, they bring back Chris Paul. They also brought uh, Cameron Payne and Frank Kaminsky back off their bench, but they got Landry Shamit, who's a nice shooter in a deal. He's going to help them with, with some offense. And they brought in JaVale McGee, who will give them some size, because that's one of the things that hurt them in the Milwaukee series. They got out physical. You look at Brooklyn, they, they signed Patty Mills, who was so good for all those San Antonio teams. He's going to help them off their bench. They brought in James Johnson, the former Bull, who will give them some toughness. And, and Cameron Thomas, one of the top shooters in the draft, is going to Brooklyn. So, you know, some under-the-radar things that I think are going to really help some of those top contenders stay at, at that elite level. Well, and, and then, Mark, you got Philadelphia who may lose Ben Simmons and who doesn't want to be there. They don't want him. He doesn't want to be there. So it's Andre starting to Drummond. become really ugly. It's starting to become really ugly right now with him and, and Philadelphia. And then on the, on the flip side of that, every team knows that you're trying to move them. So teams are not going to give you what you want for them because they know you're trying to move them to move Ben Simmons. So, you know, all these, you know, future draft picks and, you know, unprotected, all these, I mean, you, have you seen some of the, the demands that are out on the, on, on the internet that uh, Philadelphia wants for Ben Simmons? Nobody in their right mind is going to give them that, what they're asking for, especially when it, the, the guy doesn't want to be there. You don't want him there. I heard Stinger mention the name of Andre Drummond. I told you he was worthless. What do you say for the minimum? And then Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid tweeted, he goes, I, I, you know, he rents space in his head, you know, because he's so dominating him so much in head-to-head matchups. Now he can kill him in practice. Oh, man. I, you know what? I mean, listen, a lot of these guys who are star players, you know, it's been a very difficult free agent for some of these yeah. guys. You know, they, they underestimated the market. They underestimated their actual value that what other teams look at them as, you know. And uh, you're starting to see some guys, like, left off. You know, like, they may have to sign, you know, minimums to play in the league next year. You know, think about a kid like Reggie Jackson who played really well for the Clippers yeah. and got him to the Western Conference Finals. He still is unsigned. You know, a guy like Cameron Payne gets, like, $60 million, yeah. And you're looking at that going, yeah, he got $60 million. He just came from China. I, I've been I've been hooping. I took my team to the finals, and you know I'm I'm I haven't got an offer yet. You know I've been a starting point guard his whole career basically. Stacy, nobody's paying Cameron Payne sixty million. He got three for nineteen. Well, oh, well, whatever it was. I don't know. It's still too much. It's still too much. It's still too much. The tank commander. Yeah. Yeah. It's still hey, too much. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to cut this a little bit short this week because, you know, these John and Susie are out in California. They got to enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> we got to talk a little bit about what happened What happened to the Cubs last week. Oh. All things must go. They got rid of everybody, Stacey. We've been talking about it for the last few weeks. Wow. Yeah. I tell you what, I turned on a Cub game over the weekend. They had three, three or four guys on there I have never even heard of in their starting lineup. That That is sad when you get guys who helped you win a World Series and they're all gone now. Well, and, and it's so ironic. Every one of those guys are contributing on their new teams. Yeah, you know, they've all Rizzo's hit home great. runs. They've all hit home runs. They're first at bat. Um, they're making huge impacts defensively. Um, you know, it's it's listen. You know, it, it's really sad because Cubs fans have waited waited so long to get that elusive World Series to break the curse. You know, the goat the Bartman curse, all of these things, and they get a World Series and they break up that team within years afterwards. You know, this was supposed to be, I kind of liken it to the 85 Bears, per se, because, mm. you know, 85 Bears were supposed to win multiple titles as well. Mm. And for whatever reason, um, it didn't happen. Um, contract negotiations, um, uh, front office failure to re-sign key members off those teams, whatever it was. Um, and the Cubs are the same way. And now, now a guy like Theo Epstein, 
looks like a genius walking away, <laughs> taking a shirt. <laughs> it's timing was he, perfect. Yeah, because I guarantee you, like, I mean, you know, he must have saw the writing on the wall as far as what this team was going to look like in the next few years, and he was like, no, no, I, no, I can't Hell ruin no. my reputation. <laughs> I can't ruin my reputation. I'm a, I'm a builder, baby. That's you know, right. if I build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, if he stayed on, then it'd be like it would be his fault. It's a People would job, be blaming though. him. People want to fire him. And, you know, I, I can see why he's saying, like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to moonwalk stage left and uh, get on out of here. Hey, put on the gorilla yeah, he, suit he like Jed, he did in he Boston. Said, this is your big chance now. You can break up the team. So, you know, Jed yeah. gets yeah, a big opportunity. I mean, but my, well, I feel, I feel bad for uh, Jed Warrior because, uh, man, like, I don't, I don't even – that's a tough job to be in. You know, I mean, because you think about this, Mark and John – those guys are not aging stars. Those guys are not like 34, no. 35, 36 yeah. year old guys that you got to get rid of. And okay, now we got to go younger. These guys are just yeah. in their prime. They're like in their prime right now. Yep. And, you know, I mean, each one of those guys could be an MVP candidate when yeah. they're healthy. That's right. You know, I mean, Brian, uh, Rizzo, and Baez. Those guys are all like MVP candidates at oh. some point in the next five years. Although so I think today, uh, I, th- I think today my baseball crush Javier went 0 for five with the Mets. So 0 for five, five strikeouts. Yeah. The Golden Sabrero four. Before, yeah. The Golden Sabrero yeah, four. Who cares? I'm still a Baez fan. <laughs> Ellen asked Susie, like what do you think about the White Sox getting Craig Kimbrell from the yeah. Cubs? Now they've got that best one-two punch in the back end of the bullpen fleeced with him, him. and fleeced Liam him. Hendricks. Yeah, they fleeced yeah. him. I mean, Madrigal's an okay player, but to get you know an all-star closer who's got another year left on his contract, the White Sox looking good. They are. I had my White Sox hat on through the airport, and I get a lot of cheers. <laughs> yeah, true. that's going to be something to see on. Uh, all those ex-Cubs playing in the postseason with other teams. But it's just weird seeing Rizzo in the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's well, it has been. It, it's just been weird. I, I, like Chris Bryant and Baez, they, they look like they're though, like a Met and they look like a giant. You know, they look like that. But watching Rizzo yeah. in, a, in a New York Yankees uniform just doesn't look right. Did you see he broke a record for Yankees? Six RBIs, franchised, Yankees. In six games. You know, Lou Garrett, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle. Six RBIs in his first six games. Yeah, where was that when he was playing for the Cubs? Oh, Mark. (laughs) Come on. Well, I I, I will say this about him, though. I mean, you know, he didn't want to leave. None of those guys wanted to leave. If they had their way, they would have have stayed there their whole career. Um, You know, when you look at Rizzo, man, Rizzo – Rizzo's, I think, isn't he, isn't he from New Jersey or something? He's from he's up from that area. I, well, and so he's he's basically, like, his family can come watch him play now. And, you know, I think it's everybody's childhood dream who's a baseball player that they want to play for the Cubs or the Yankees at one point in their yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, and he gets to do it now, and he's still, he's, like, right in his prime right now. So, man, he could be a huge – I mean, they won what? I think they won, like, what, six to – what, nine games or they – they won nine in a row or yeah. something, and Boston yeah. is struggling right now. Boston has lost some. Yeah, yeah. they're making they, a move. They got to catch Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got to catch Tampa. But, hey, the other story, did you see the value of NFL franchises went up 14%, but the revenue dropped 20 And for the 15th straight year in a row, the Cowboys are number one at $16.5 billion. But my question to you, King, is they haven't won a Super Bowl since Switzer, your guy, um, and it's they were 4-10 and 10 in the playoffs since. So, I don't know. Jerry Jones admitted that he made a, the wrong move by getting rid of Jimmy Johnson, but isn't that absurd? The money that's well. Being- let, let me just say this about the Cowboys, okay? <laughs> America, you listening? America's the Cowboys team. Cowboys used to be America. They used to be America's team, but they're not America's team anymore. Okay. The problem with the Cowboys is, is that, and I and I Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is is going to always swing for the fences, but the problem with Jerry Jones is is Jerry Jones wants to be the coach, the general manager, the vice president. He wants to control the whole thing. And when you do that, you sometimes you, you, you know, you kind of overstep your boundaries as far as talent evaluation, um, negotiating contracts, who's important, who's not important. So they've run into some problems like that. I mean, they've always had a good defense, their offense, you know, their offense was kind of pedestrian. Um, 
you know, even with uh, Dak being healthy, they don't throw the ball enough downfield. Yeah. Uh, they got all these great receivers, but they don't use them. Um, and now you got, you know, um, you've got what's the coach's name? He's Coach Green Bay there. Um, Mike, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Like Mike McCarthy's offense is is so predictable. Like it's not, you know, it's it's nothing to go wow. You know, <laughs> I mean, it kind of it kind of disappoints you because you know they got all this talent on offense, but can't they don't they don't score enough points. Hey, one last thing on football. Justin Fields has already blown people away with his athletic ability, the way he can sling it. I was out at Bears camp last week, and I'll tell you what, you watch this kid move, he is going to be a future star. It's just not its not question of when, not if. Well, I agree with you on that. I called it. Um, I, I feel like as long, I'm waiting for the first preseason games and getting him some reps with – I hope they let him play with the first-team offense because – then you can gauge of how ready he actually is, how how fast he's picked things up. When you're putting him out there with the second group and the third t- uh, tier guys, um, you know those guys are missing assignments. You know he's going to get sacked. Uh, he doesn't have the quality receivers or the running game. Put him out there with that first group, the starters, and let's see what he actually can do against a first team defense. You know how much has he progressed from when he came in as a rookie, as far as like the early. When the rookies came in and, and, you know, they went through that stuff, where's his progression? Is it getting better and better as, as we go along? And if that's the case, you know, you got to remember too, Mark, there's a lot of people's jobs on the line. You know, and, you know I, don't think, I don't think Matt Nagy has the luxury to not play that kid if he's ready to go. I mean, his job's on the line. I think the general manager's job is uh, he's on the hot seat as well. They drafted, they, they drafted this kid high. They didn't draft him to sit. And I'm not taking anything away from the Red Rocket. The Red Rocket is a game manager, okay? But this kid is a is a is showtime. This kid can throw the ball down the field. I saw the pass he made uh, over the shoulder to the uh, receiver, and uh, I guess they were playing in shorts and pads. And the throw he made that was a big time throw. That was like a, a NFL pro Pro Bowl type quarterback throw. And again, a guy that can move in the pocket and manipulate him with his legs. Man, you see Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Lamar Jackson and, you know, Deshaun Watson, those quarterbacks have proven over the last few years that that's where the NFL is going. Now, we, we mentioned that we are breaking format a little bit because we're all doing this from different locations this week. Uh, before we get out of here, we are going to do something on the down low. Stacy, how much in the doghouse is Kobe Kai after the story you told on social media? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me just say, Mr. Kobe Kai, you know, he did a couple little things uh, the other day that I think he's going through this adolescent stage. They, you know, puppies go through that little baby stage, and then they go through, like, that teenager stage. But they grow so fast, they, I still think they're still in the baby stage, but really he's in the teenager stage. So the other day we go outside, he did two things. We go outside every morning, it's routine. They wake up. I give them a hug and a kiss. We walk outside, we go to the bathroom, they play, they do their business. We come back in and we eat. Okay. So we're outside for about 35 minutes. I, I watched him. He did his business. He peed, he pooped. Everything was great. Just like every day. We walk in the house. I turn fixing the food. I'm getting ready to feed him. I walk back home. He's standing there by the door looking at me. Doesn't move. He's still in the same plot, <laughs> spot that we came in. And then so I walk over and say, all right, Kobe, see. And I'm looking at him. He peed on the floor. Ooh, and then yeah. and then he looked at me like, yeah, what, what do you want me to do? Am I supposed to clean it up? I know and, that look. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, he's potty trained. And, yeah. and the second thing he did, he almost got he almost got killed. I almost took him and, and took him to the Humane Society and said, hey, you guys can take him. So I bring him upstairs. And, you know, trying to get up and down the stairs with laundry is almost impossible when you have puppies because they want to run up and down by your feet. Yeah. And that's the last thing I need to do is take a take a spill down the steps and break my hip or hurt my knee or something. So I put them in the bedroom. I said, "All right, guys, here's the bedroom. They got they got their little relaxing beds. They can sit in there and lay in. You know, I turned on a dog's purpose on TV. <laughs> you know, so they're watching TV, whatever. I go downstairs. I wasn't downstairs ten minutes. I come back upstairs, and he's hiding. He's hiding underneath the bed. So I'm like, Kobe, where's Kobe at? I literally stepped in pee." And he pooped oh on the floor. no! He pooped and peed on the floor. Oh yeah. man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brixton, Brixton is like, if Brixton can talk, 
Brixie would be that little brother that brother would tell on him. He did it. He did it. He did it. Cause he Brixie just sitting there like bouncing up and down, like he's really telling me it wasn't him. Cause he knew somebody was in trouble. He's like, oh man, I, I'm I'm not going down for this. So <laughs> Mr. Kobe's hiding up under the bed. Yeah, Aww. yeah. So needless to say, he almost he almost didn't get to stay here anymore after Aww. that. Oh. Brixie yeah. is like you, Stacy. He'll drop a dime on people, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? If I see a crime committed, I'm going to drop a dime, okay? So I'm just letting you know, if you do anything illegal around me, John, Susan, I'm telling them. You're turning us in. Wow. I'm turning you in. Wow, turning you in. Well, you no, have to get that no shock collar out. Yeah, about it. Oh, what you say? Shot collar. You might have to get that shot collar out or something. You know, yeah, you know what? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Astronaut diapers. I'm trying to. I'm trying to kind of get them away from that and learn how to. You know, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't. You don't have to. I don't want to put the shot collar on them and then you know have to do a green mile on them and uh, electrocute them. You know because <laughs> that, if he would have had the collar on that day, oh, he would have got the oh, crap stopped. Right. I would have shocked him like five times. That <laughs> I was shocked. Look at Susan over there. Susan's like, Susan's over there talking. Oh no, that's so mean. That's so mean. Susan, it's not mean when a dog pees on your pillow. Okay, it's not mean. The pillows are sacred. King. He peed on my pillow. He peed. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He might need a um, set of astronaut diapers, King. Hey, you know what, John? Your comments are not going unnoticed. Okay. I'm just kidding. You know, I, I'm 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 having a trouble with my little teenage dog right now. And you're over talking about astronaut diapers, okay? All right. So Boy, you just full need to circle. calm down out there. Full circle. You know, you you need to calm down out there, living out there, living large in your your little uh, Formosa Beach. Uh, my estate. bungalow. This is my bungalow. I just, yeah. I just, hey, I just... hey, Mark, he was trying to he was trying to do the podcast from sitting up there, uh, giving hey, the beach view. I'm gonna end the, the show. Stand by. Oh. Stand by. I just oh, want to say. I just want to say uh, a, a big shout out to Tony Drockton, who owns Hammett Purses. He must sell a lot. This is Bernie Man right here, a big event that he goes to oh, on nice. the desert. But uh, okay. But uh, he must sell a lot of purses, man, because this place is the ultimate pad. As I end the show here, I'm going to show you. For those of you listening to the podcast and are not seeing this, John is walking around this uh, rented property he's at. There you go. Look at uh, his view outside beautiful california yeah king there's the volleyball yeah, court right there buddy way to just rub it into all those hard-working people that have to sit at home and you know we, we're working a nine to five john that really that really impresses us over there buddy <laughs> america this guy here we're all struggling. we're all me and me and mark are struggling like everybody else we don't need to see this view beep beep drive home America. safely That's right. yeah. rubbing it in rubbing it in oh, yeah yeah palm trees and susie's getting ready to go on that booze cruise oh, so yeah. you know stacy and i'll go back to trying to you know roll out some more content that's all we're doing yes, that's it yes you guys yes. have a great time in california say hi to our buddy troll for us all right oh, we will troll. definitely troll t-roll see you guys Oh, man. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Sriracha.